lovers! Happy Sex at Work Monday. I am Wyo Lee, and today's sex-related work stories are from a film producer turned sex tech entrepreneur, and I will say I was a skeptic initially. I was like, how does having a separate app for sexting help people be more open? And now I'm a total convert. You've heard me happily and committedly complaining for months since I started this podcast that I scare people away, whether it's a pacing issue, like I move too fast for them, or a I'm into so many weird things they get freaked out deal. Elizabeth Dell has helped me understand why outsourcing the framework, you know I love frameworks, to a third party is really helpful for getting to know someone, a new person, especially in vulnerable ways. And I can see how it would remove this feeling I often have of like, oh, you want me to come up with the entire experience for us? Okay. Our guest today is the founder and CEO of Amorous, the intimacy app for partners, i.e. a sexting app. Welcome, Elizabeth Dell. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Can you start off by telling us your sex at work origin story? What is your work like and what led you to this sex-related career? I'm actually a film producer. I've spent the last 15 plus years making film and content. And I was kind of in the midst of making a whole bunch of indie feature films. And then, of course, the pandemic happened and all of that went on a big pause. I'm also someone who at the same time is someone who's a real nerd about sexuality and is someone who in moments of anxiety leans even deeper. You know, sexuality for me is a coping mechanism. Instead of shutting down, I like turn on the juice. Mm. So when the pandemic started, I was working a lot less. And I was also sexting a lot more because I was not sheltered with a partner. And I was really keen to sort of access that pleasure, have that good time, like find ways to relieve stress. And while I was deliciously burning up my thumbs, I was also struggling a little because the apocalypse was a very difficult time to bring my best self to the table. And I was really wishing I had tools to help with like, what do we talk about next? Or how do I make this a little easier? And at the beginning of the pandemic, I just went, okay, great. Let me go find that because I can go out into the internets and I can find porn of every stripe and I can find all kinds of great things that help me explore my sexuality. I'm sure there are great things to help me connect with a partner. And what I found was the answer was kind of no, Mm. that there were lots of things to support solo journeys, but there was very little to help you actually kind of connect and engage sexually with another person through technology, that there wasn't a sexting app. There wasn't something that would help make that easier and more accessible and more creative and more delicious. And I was really frustrated to start with, honestly, because all I wanted was help. And then I was like, wait, no, I think this is an opportunity. Let me go build this. And that was the inspiration for Amorous. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to make the app that makes sexting better. And that was the start of the Amorous journey. Beautiful. So can you tell us why you want to have an app and not just like regular sexting? Like, is it a framework? I mean, there are games in it. Tell us a little bit more about Amorous and how you kind of like came up with everything for it. So the idea for Amorous was that, you know, sexting is this awesome, wonderful thing, but we are required to kind of teach ourselves how to do all of the things. And we're required to do it with no guidebook or tour guide. And I was like, there's a whole lot of things that being very immodest, I am a pretty ninja sexter. Like I am a storyteller. I've spent the last 20 years of my professional life kind of 
building story and thinking about it and thinking how to do that well. I love books. I have been reading every kind of piece of literature, including romance novels, since I was a child. Like I have had a lot of opportunities to play in the worlds of sexuality and learn a lot about how to express myself and how sort of the worlds of sex positivity and the worlds of tantra. And so I have all of these tools that I have accumulated, but most of us don't. Most of us don't have five years and hundreds of hours to devote to sort of how do I talk with a partner about sexuality? How do I structure story? How do I start conversations? How do I think about how to maintain momentum? How do I help create a safe container for disclosures and for vulnerability and for all the things that are intimacy? And also just, you know, how do I come up with yet another role play scenario? And so all of that is what I incorporated into Amorous. So I think of Amorous as an activity app for sexting. The same way like a Calm or a Headspace helps you with your meditation, Amorous is like helping you with your sexting. So it is a platform that you can do the thing on. So at its base, Amorous is a private messaging app. It has a bunch of privacy and safety and utilization considerations that are built in from my time, my almost 20 years dating in Los Angeles. So Mm. it's a platform that is one-to-one. It's dark. This is not a place to go find someone to sext with. This is a safe place to do that activity with a friend. So if you have a partner you want to sext with, you send them an invitation link. You don't have to share a cell phone number with them if you don't want to. And then you connect and then the two of you exist in your own dark little bubble where you can have all of these fun conversations. And then I thought about things like what are the blockers for sexting, right? And one of them is how do you get something started? How do you kick off that conversation? It gets really scary to open yourself up for rejection. It gets really scary to put new ideas on the table sometimes because it's an opportunity for someone to say, I don't want that. And a lot of times when people say, I don't want that, what we hear is I don't want you. And that can be really terrifying. And so I was like, how can I make that easier? How can I build games that will do that? So for instance, we have a game called Chat Sparks, which is just that. It is fun questions to spark a conversation. So you hit the game button and the app asks the both of you in your chat stream a fun, sexy question like, what was your favorite fantasy at 20? Or what is the deepest underground you've ever had sex? Something that's just a new, oh, okay, I haven't thought about it that way. Let me think about what what is my answer to that. And maybe two people are in an awesome relationship chat and they hit the button and they get a question and their answer to that question is, that's a terrible question. And I'm like, okay, say that. But like, you're talking. Now you're talking. And you're talking in a way that neither of you had to say, how about we talk about like, I don't know, butt stuff. And the other person go, ew, I think that's gross. I don't want to. Or, you know, oh, I've never done that. Or you're strange for bringing that up. Or you're triggering me in some way. You've kind of taken the introductory piece and put it on someone else. So there's less of that feeling of I have to get it right or someone won't like me. In the same vein, there's a game called Fantasy Swipe, which is sort of like it sounds. You have tiles that have fantasies written on them and each person can swipe yes or no. You know, I say yes to locker room and I say no to priest. I don't want that. And you say yes and no to fantasies. Your partner says yes or no to theirs. And when you match, but only when you match, 
those tiles are revealed in your chat with a fun prompt like, hey, you matched on librarian students. So who has the overdue book and what is the penalty? <laughs> and it's this way to uncover new desires or uncover things that you want from, again, a place of a little bit more safety, from a knowledge that anything that's revealed, both of us want. And sometimes that's a little easier place to start a conversation about a new thing that no one's disclosed to the other person yet is from a place of, oh, well, we're both into that. So like, what does that mean? I mean, some of the tiles are pretty vague. It's like hotel sheets. Well, what does hotel sheets mean to you? Does that mean we should go to a hotel room? Does that mean we should hide under the sheets and make a fort? Let's talk about it. I don't know. That tile was weird. Like, let's talk about it. But everything is designed for, hey, let's talk about it, but let's make it a little easier to get into that talk. And let's make it feel a little safer and a little more welcoming. And let's be a space where all of that conversation's that much easier. As a person who gets rejected a lot because I am trying so hard to initiate these conversations and also as a person who is submissive but talks about sex a lot. So now when I'm meeting people, they expect me to lead. So it creates this very weird dynamic. I love the idea of having that outsourced to a third party do you have advice for people about how to initiate the initiation? Like, I guess at some point you could just be like, sex me through this link or what do you do there? Part of what we did in Amorous is to make a game out of a lot of this, you know, try and make as much of this a game as possible. And I think in general, thinking about sexy talk as a game, like, hey, do you want to play the game of talking about sex with me? Or, hey, I found this app. I don't know if it's going to be good or not. It might be terrible, but let's go play the game of being on this app together and see what happens. And I mean, it's in the words, right? Game, play, like people just open up a lot when it's play. When it's play, it's easier. The stakes aren't so high. You can be exploratory. You can be creative because you're just playing. And that is a part of what I wanted to do with Amorous is just remind everyone that like, sexy chat is play is delicious is finding out all of these fun things and like making your brain fizz and bubble in the most beautiful way that's beautiful it's also an incredible amount to come up with games and the writing for all of it since the beginning of covid wow that's really incredible and you just launched it yeah so i was inspired at the beginning of covid to do something in, in the very beginning i was like okay i have to fix sexting what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know what that means. And I was like, am I building a game? Am I building like a website? I don't know what I'm doing. After it took a few months of kind of casting around and then I realized, okay, what I want to do is I want to build a place for sexting, like a messaging app, but then I want to build all these games and um, special emojis and kind of create a container in many ways, like in a Tantra setting or in a, the best of the sort of sex clubs and parties I've ever experienced, they build a container. You know, you start from saying you close the doors and say, we're all here and these are the expectations. And, you know, we do something like that when you join as a user. There's a set of user agreements that talk about compassion and they talk about consent and they talk about respect because I was like, I want to build a place where it feels safe yeah. to talk about all of these delicious desires we have buzzing inside of us. Because when you can talk about your real sexiness and someone else sees it and is like, oh, I think that's delicious too. Like there's nothing more amazing. So yes, yeah, so I came up with this. Okay, what I want to do is this platform that has messaging, that's private, that's not 
public. No one knows who the other people are unless you've chosen to know your person so you can feel contained. And then I went looking for someone to help me with this because I'm not a coder. Mm -hmm. And I found a great tech partner. Actually, I found a sibling pair who have brother and sister team who build apps together and were like, we think this sounds cool. Let's go create intimacy among people. And I was like, yes, let's do this. And so we started actually coding the thing in September and then released it into the App Store. And it was approved for iOS and for Android. So we're available on both platforms. You can totally talk to people on whichever kind of phone they have. Most of the world, not anywhere that 17 plus apps are disallowed. So there's a couple territories where they don't allow things that are age gated for adults because it is age gated for adults. But yeah, we were released in May. So we've been available for about five months now. We were testing it for the first couple with just a really tiny group of people. And now we're kind of growing it out and making it available to the world. Amazing. Can you tell us next, what are the sexiest parts of your work? And then what are the parts that might be less sexy than people think? I would say the sexiest parts of the work for me are when I get to talk to people about their sexting or about amorous. I mean, I just love people and I love sexuality. So I think one of the most fun things I have done in creating amorous was early on when I was doing sort of background research interviews, in some ways similar to sex stories. I did sexting interviews with like 30 people and I would do these big deep dives and I would say, tell me about like, what is your best sexting ever? Like, what's the one best conversation and why? And like, tell me all the details and dig into it and use a huge amount of that to power the choices we made and how we built out Amorous. But even also earlier this week, I was at a convention and award ceremony for cam models and was talking to a lot of models and adult performers about, you know, is Amorous something that you could use in your lives and have fun with clients and have fun with customers with it on Amorous. And again, just I love talking to people and you've built out a sexting workshop that we do sort of for various community groups and things. Like, I love talking about people like doing a sexting 101 and saying, like, let's talk about your most delicious, like, what words do you use and how do you say it? And what's your and there's always someone who comes up with something. And then they're like, someone the other day was like, oh, I love the drool emoji. And I was like, I have never thought to use the drool emoji in my sexting. And I feel like I've like left that, you know, six years of sexting and I never used the drool emoji. And I should have. But wow, that's amazing. (laughs) There's always something wonderful like that. Yeah, I am definitely team drool emoji. Now, totally. (laughs) And then I would say the less sexy, like, if you're an app entrepreneur, there's just a lot of, like, being an entrepreneur. So, you know, making sure that you filed your taxes and that, you know, just actually this is being recorded right around extension tax day. So I was thinking about, you know, okay, our company is filed in Delaware and have we paid our Delaware state taxes and our California qualification to operate in California? You know, have we filed our federals? And there's just a lot of like doing the business of business, which is less sexy of taxes or arranging, you know, do we have all of our subscriptions in place and are we doing this and is everybody communicating and oh my goodness, the slack went down and how do we get it back up? (laughs) Yeah. Little things like that. Wow. Okay. And then work-wise, How do you figure out what are your boundaries between professional and personal? And I mean this specifically like in a sex sort of way, especially as you're working with other people. It's an evolving 
situation. And I think that especially as the founder of Amorous, you know, my story and kind of my journey, and this is why I decided to create a sexting app is a really important part of talking about and like making the app feel comfortable to people and helping people understand. So there's a lot of my story that blurs into you know, personal life into business. And it's an evolving line. So for instance, I was having a conversation with my team a little while ago. And one of them mentioned, they were like, you know, I don't think that we've had the sexting maybe that you have, because sometimes you, Elizabeth, talk about sexting in ways that I'm just not sure of. And I was like, hmm. so do you feel like you've seen great sexting? And they were like, I don't know, actually, I'm mm -hmm. not sure I have. And I think maybe I need to. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I went and I transcribed a bunch of my own personal conversations and shared them with the team. I'm not going to share them with the world at large, but like internal to my three or four person team that I adore, I was like, I'm willing to do that, but this is how we're going to talk about that. And actually it was great because it also inspired a project that we're undertaking right now, which is I, was, I should commission some writers to write some great sexting conversations that we can share with the world and help people model like what this can look like when it's really beautiful and delicious and bubbling along. But I think this is something that I'm always conscious of. And I think I'm conscious of for me and even more so conscious of for my staff and conscious of for my team and talking to them about we just we talk about sexuality we talk about gender we talk about relationship styles like these sorts of conversations are every day for us mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of conversations about those conversations so there's a lot of trying to make sure that everybody knows hey our boundaries are evolving we as a group like Everyone has to acknowledge that we're sort of a sexuality first space. But within that, everybody has all of their autonomy and boundaries. And so we need to all be in an active conversation about this is something I'm comfortable talking about. This is something I'm not. This is a place I'm comfortable being in. This is a place I'm not, you know, and just treating everybody with a lot of grace because we are all of us learning this all the time. Yeah. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. 
Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Do you ever explicitly check in with people? Because like I have a good friend who's also my editor now. And I'm always like, Kimberly, is that too much sex? Is that OK? And she's like, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. And she's really good at actually telling me. And so we're developing that trust. Do you explicitly check in with people or how do you kind of like set up the framework for this is how we communicate and communicate about communicating? Or is it just because you're already doing it, it's in progress for you guys? I think it's a bit of both. I think that I try and explicitly check in when there are new instances that maybe have shifted the boundaries or maybe Mm. have brought up things that are new. For instance, having a check-in around, we were at this event with a bunch of adult performers and, hey, this was the first time that we've been sort of in that space. And does everybody feel comfortable there? Is there anything that feels uncomfortable? Like the models are like, and the performers that I was talking to were universally amazing, but the adult industry can have some very heteronormative vibes and some very sort of hierarchical power dynamics in those spaces sometimes that you can feel. And kind of saying, okay, everybody, how do you feel about that? Are we okay? Does this feel comfortable? Are, are we in these spaces? And then also, I think every time we sort of onboard a new person, you know, and we, whether that's a new intern or a new team member, trying to remember to use that as an opportunity to say, because we're still a small enough team that it's, you know, a weekly team meeting is just a few faces around a Zoom and we all know each other and we're all really tight and close. But sort of every time someone new comes in, Having that explicit conversation of, as you're new to this team, understand that sexuality and gender and relationships and intimacy and pleasure are in the forefront of conversations. And so it can bump up against boundaries that you don't know that you have sometimes because no one's ever asked to push them because they were so far outside of what normal corporate conversation would be like. (laughs) And we just want to let you know that you should always be telling us if there's a bump and kind of reiterating that to the team at large every time there's a new person coming in. And I just, I want to own that I'm not always the best at this. I mean, I have spent a lot of years in the world of sexuality and I know that I've certainly had the experience with my team where some of them are like, listen, you are quite comfortable here, Elizabeth, but we are not. We are two decades younger than you and in a different place. And this is the first time we're experiencing ideas that you maybe are experiencing for the 15th or 20th time. And I have to say, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm learning that like things that I you know, would not have been comfortable with then, but have learned to become or I've sort of been exposed to and now think are great. But like, I just put you in front of a high fire hose and I didn't realize I was doing that. And I'm sorry. Let's step that back. Let's walk that back. I'm a work in progress. Well, and as I hear you talk too, I think so much about just, you know, how different every single person is, because I think about 21 and 22 year old me that was working for producers. And I'm like, man, I wish I'd been working for someone very sexy. I was working with a producer out of Mattel. And I was like, well, kids entertainment is, I guess, the other direction I could have gone. But (laughs) I'm very curious about every all of your wisdom. I think you have so much to offer there. Okay, so what about when it comes to talking to, for example, getting Amorous up on platforms or the fact that you are like, adult do you fall into the category of adult entertainment or how do you navigate talking about it to other business humans it's a process we are an app distributed in the app store and google play so we are an app that has to be approved by both of those entities in order to function definitely went through an approval process with them i think 
one of the things that, you know, we are an app for intimacy. You know, I be, I'm very careful about talking about it as partnered intimacy. And what I mean by that is that we offer like games to play and we offer things to do to facilitate people communicating with each other, but we're not a full content app. And as such, the judgment is more about how do we build a platform and how do we build a frame than it is about us producing a lot of explicit content for the consumption of an audience. You know, it's more about people sharing content between themselves and that that's their decision. And interestingly, I actually have found that in the moments when I go more explicit, I actually later want to retract it, that I actually think that when it comes to facilitating intimacy, kind of staying more, I don't want to say young, because that's not it, but staying more subtle, Mm. staying more nuanced, staying a little bit more open to interpretation is actually really positive for building conversation. You know, for instance, in our fantasy swipe game, if we have a tile that shows like a full resolution picture of two people doing a sex act, well, there's a whole lot of exclusion that actually happens in that. Like those two people that I've chosen, I have now kind of created the statement that this thing on the card should be done by two people who are that size and that gender and that age and that relationship to each other. And in fact, when it's more like tease all my senses and it instead has a picture of like three super sensuous fruits and some things that smell really delicious, anyone in any environment and in any relationship can come to that and have that be applicable to them. So actually keeping things a little more PG actually makes them more expansive, makes them more welcoming, makes it easier for everybody to find their way into what we're offering. So that was sort of a really interesting discovery that I had. And then otherwise, just again, we talk about what we do is facilitate communication. And that's a thing that there are a lot of apps for already. So a lot of my conversation with the App Store, especially because they're a little bit more careful about their app approval than Google Play, their more intensive process, was a lot of just sort of a conversation about this is the other apps out in the world that do this like we do. And then they were like, oh, okay, great. Like you are part of a group. You know, we are bringing together features that you will find in a messenger or in this or in that. And these features and these pieces, you know, maybe we're building our Legos in a new way, but we're building from the same blocks that are already out there and a lot of other things was a very persuasive argument for them. And they were like, okay, great. We, you know, we see what you're doing and we like it and it's games. It took a little longer and was more stressful than that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. That's such a good point. You know, it's so funny because I think in my own sexual journey for the first, you know, 25, 26 years, everything was so vague that I had no idea what was happening. And I was like stuck in vagueness. And then I discovered kink and I was like, oh, explicit is the answer. And after, you know, four years of trying to translate that into more general relationships outside of like my own kinky relationship, I'm like, oh, no implicit communication i see there's balances and different places to use different things so i think that's beautiful because it really does sound like you create a nice broad jumping off point for people to exercise their creativity which i really feel like sex and creativity are just so linked so i'm so glad to hear that you know we are keeping innovating around you know building more games and i definitely have more games in mind i would love to do something that's really oriented around yes no maybe lists from king yeah. 
you know, will want, won't lists, however you want to call them, but like something that where you have these very explicit ways to kind of do checklists. And I want to keep in mind that while I love how Fantasy Swipe is about a double opt-in, and that's a really nice starting off point, there are lots of things in the world that you don't know that you want in advance of exploring them. And so I don't want to make it that you have to know in advance everything. I want other games that really promote new ideas that you've never encountered before. And so I think that there's a real space for explicit conversation about things as well. But I think that you have to practice that. You know, one of the wonderful things about BDSM or some of the alternative sexuality spaces is they give you good room to practice talking about what you want and how you want it. I look at my own personal history and five, six years ago, I had a long distance friend who loved to sex and loved to talk about sex with me. We were not partners That was not a thing. It was just the conversation, but the practice that that gave me in expressing sexuality in words, in choosing and using my words was really powerful. Great sexting requires that. It it requires a bunch of practice. So a lot of what we think about is how do we ease people into that practice? Yeah. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Flora. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories, so they downloaded Flora and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages, until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. My first experiences attempting to sext were hilarious because I just didn't have the words because I didn't read a bunch of sexy books growing up. Like, I read a bunch of fantasy, but not, like, sexual fantasy. And so I just didn't have any examples until I met partners who kind of showed me. So here's a question, too, just app-wise. At this point in your development, is it geared toward couples or is there room for moresomes? Like, could you get a group sext going? I definitely want that. That is cool. on my development plan. But unfortunately, we don't have group chat quite yet. So Amorous, as it is currently structured, is very much a one-to-one app. So it's kind of a single connection between two people. Of course, if you had like two couples that both had access to the same app account, you oh, could yeah. theoretically have a group chat that way. But at the moment, we cannot do an explicit like 
three or four entities in a group chat that will come. I will also say that, you know, in our earliest of stages, we really built Amorous to be for two people to talk to each other. And so I will say that the app does not have a lot of solo tools yet. It actually kind of requires two people to have fun. When you join as a single person, you'll be welcomed into the app by our bot, Amy, who sort of starts a chat with you and says hello. But then there isn't a lot to do in the app until you connect to a friend, like until you send your invite link to your friend, because all of our games, like you're choosing your fantasies, are designed to be relationship specific. So if you're connected to three people on the app, you'll see the same fantasy swipe tile three different times with each partner. The app assumes that just because you want something with partner A does not at all mean that you want it with partner B. Yes. And so everything is kind of relationship specific. So you kind of need two people to really get the amorous experience. We are actually working on developing out more kind of game ability in a single player mode so that people can experience it before they have to invite their partner. They can kind of get a taste. But I will own that that is something we're still working on. That sounds great. So how do you define sex worker and do you identify as one? So I think a sex worker is someone who has a commercial relationship around sexuality with another person. So I think that if you are an adult performer, I think if you're a cam model, I think if it's stills or if it's clips or if it's images, I think part of that, you know, doing that in a commercial way or if it's conversation, all of those things are sex work. I don't think of myself as a sex worker just because I think that For us, we're building a tool to help people, whoever they are, connect and have conversation, but that's not necessarily a commercial relationship. Beautiful. I love that framework of commercial relationship, both those elements. That's the first time I've heard that, and that's a cool frame. Okay, so in your time as a being aware of sex culture, but also in your time working at Amaris, what have you learned about social and cultural norms that have surprised you, that you would like to shift, or that you love? I will share something that came out of the beginning research for Amaris, which is just heartbreaking. And for me, kind of the thing that I want to do with Amaris is fix this. And that is when I was doing my initial, I had the idea for Amaris and I started to do some initial survey research. I reached out to a whole lot of strangers on the internet in a survey. And I asked people, are you ever uncomfortable in sexual communication? And then I asked them why. And I offered a dozen or so reasons, everything I could think of, for why somebody would be uncomfortable. I will be too dirty. I will not be dirty enough. My information won't be private. Someone will see it. I will be judged. All of these things. And ask them to choose as many as they wanted. The number one selected answer from a thousand people that were surveyed was, I will be too honest. And it wasn't, I will be too dirty or I will not be dirty enough. It was, I will be too honest. And what that says about our sort of societal belief that our own sexuality is fundamentally problematic to the other sexual partners in our life is something that I just think is tragic and is basically my mission statement, because I think we are all of us deliciously weird about our sexuality, right? 
every one of us has the like, I think the smell of wet paint is really sexy. Or I think the like openings between my little toes are like the most erotic place ever and someone should rub them. Or I just want to see pictures of like knees and tips of noses. Like everybody has their things. And none of that gets acknowledged in the world. All of us see this very like porn tends to be either extremely middle of the road or extremely edge case and it tells us that these are the things that sort of people want and we're allowed to want and we move around the world thinking the thing that turns us on is just super weird people won't love it when we tell them and i just wanted to give everybody a platform so that they can share that and then their partner can say or their flame, their friend with benefits, their sexy person that they met earlier that day on Reddit can say, <laughs> oh, wow, like, all right, that sounds great. I've never tried that. Or maybe I have. Or so do you want to do that with like chocolate sauce or with lube <laughs> or like, <laughs> let's get into the details. Yeah. That's what I want Ambrose to do. I love that. And also, oh, my gosh. OK, so what? cultural shifts have you noticed either more broadly in the world or inside of yourself since you started this work? Well, I would say that for me, Amorous was a continuation of a longer and larger journey around sexuality and exploration and learning about myself and learning about sort of all of these lovely sexuality cultures in the world. And I've loved seeing the shift in sort of openness and especially around gender and around identity and how we define and think about ourselves. I sometimes wonder if, you know, when you have a hammer, all you see is nails. Sort of the deeper I get into these worlds, the more I see the results of them everywhere. And then I have to have, you know, a family member who lives nowhere near Los Angeles tell me that, no, we are not all of us quite this open, quite this yet. Elizabeth. Yeah, I have to wear so many more clothes when I leave Los Angeles. But I do, I do love this shift. I mean, one of the things I look at is when you look at LGBTQIA stats, right? Since the 70s, early 80s, when they've started openly asking people to identify if they think of themselves as LGBTQIA, the number has been 4%, right? They say 4% of our society is homosexual in some way. That has been the sort of standing marketing number. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but they say 4%. If you ask people today, the number in people under 25 is 11%, right? Then the reported number that comes out of surveys of under 25-year-olds is like 11 or 12%. And it's been 40 years where that 4% hasn't changed. And I don't think that that's our nature fundamentally changing. I don't think that that's the entire human race deciding or specifically the American culture deciding that now we like having sex with beings. We did not like having sex with beings before. I think that's all about comfort in expression and what we feel able to say, what we feel like we have the words to say, what we feel like we have the support, you know, the people around us that like allow us or give us permission or give us energy to say and to think about. But I think it's amazing and it's adorable and wonderful and I love it. Wow. Also, just from my own, the sex bubble that I live in now, I'm like, what do you mean? Like most people are queer, even if they don't identify, like even if they identify as straight, they say the word straight and then they tell me some acts that are definitionally kind of queer. I mean, everyone has their own personal definitions and I respect that, but 11%, I don't buy you. It's still amazing. It's an amazing jump. Okay. If you could wave a magic wand and teach 
everyone in the world something about sex, what would it be? I would teach everyone in the world that the things that you adore are wonderful. I would tell everyone in the world that your desires are delicious and exciting and are going to be met with approval by other people as long as you're not harming people. It may not be everyone, but there are people out there who want the things you want and you can find them. And very practically, I also just want to teach people that the most powerful thing you can do to get your desires met is express them. They actually do surveys on this. And the number one tool to have a partner do a sex act with you is for that partner to know that you want the sex act. Like it is by multitudes, the most powerful thing you can do is express a desire because nobody can meet it if they don't know it. So whether it's on sexting, on amorous, or it's in voice conversation, wherever it is, express your desire to the people who you wish to receive that and act on it. But expressing your desire is the most powerful thing you can do. In as much detail as you feel comfortable, how has your sex-related work affected your personal life? You know, it's interesting. I actually think that for me, it's especially the other way around, that my personal life has impacted my sex-related work. You know, I went on a journey of exploring my sexuality well in advance of becoming a sex tech entrepreneur. For me, that was a very personal journey and that was something that happened in my personal life. And then it was only many years later that those threads all came together to build Amorous. Becoming a sex tech entrepreneur felt like a big leap to me. And then I talked to all of my really close friends about it. And pretty much universally, their response was, "Ooh, that feels very on brand, Elizabeth. <laughs> this feels like exactly the journey you were always intended to be on. And so for me, I think it was all about how my personal life kind of wove these threads that I could then pull into my professional life to create Amorous. So it's been amazing. Amazing. And would you say it has been easier to start sexting conversations since Amorous came about? Not just through Amorous, also that, but like because you're like, oh, here's what I do. So it like brings up the topic. I think it is a little easier. It certainly brings up the sort of sexy conversation a lot faster, both in the context where I want it, but also in the context where I don't. I mean, I am a certified sex educator, but I find myself sometimes becoming a little bit of a like sounding board in the sense that people know that you are comfortable talking about sexuality. And sometimes people get very nervous and very anxious and they clam up, but sometimes they go in entirely the opposite direction. And all of a sudden you find yourself learning a lot about the sexual history of the associate at your bank. And you're kind of like, uh, okay. And, you know, I get the feeling sometimes that I'm often the first person who's shown up in five years that is okay with conversations. Yeah. And so all of a sudden these floodgates just open because I'm the first person that they found who they can just express a sexual thought to. And not even one about me, just about like, well, let me tell you about my partners or my this or my that or my divorce, how many people I've had sex with. And you're like, okay, you know, let's have that conversation. I'm excited. I totally know. And I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> no, I, I love your show and I love that you've made a career. Yeah. Well, I'm working on it. And it really is for me. I actually had to learn. I was just reading a book written by a brothel madam. And she was talking about like, just because I'm a brothel madam doesn't mean I want to hear some random guy's fantasy when I'm on vacation. And literally reading that, I was like, oh, 
oh, right, not everyone wants to hear all the things that I'm thinking and feeling. And, and so it's like, I feel lucky that I actually like am naturally drawn toward all of the stories and the sharing. I'm happy to be that person. <laughs> okay. So now could you tell us what's the silliest shame related experience that you have encountered through your work with Amaris? I mean, I've just had some silly conversations where, I mean, honestly, probably gave up the last story about like the banker just sort of spilling their guts. That's the thing that happens to me is just this sort of opening of the floodgates of like, let me tell you all of these things. And then sometimes afterwards I have to be like, okay, great. Like, I'm really glad I heard that. I wish to preserve a relationship with you. How do we like put the box back together now so that you feel comfortable preserving this relationship yeah. with me while I know a lot of your intimate details? Mm. And a really funny moment around shame when one of my team members was like, I'm feeling really ashamed that I don't have these extravagant sexting histories oh. of my own that I can bring to the table to be at Amorous. And I was like, no, don't like. I've spent like eight years working on this because this is a thing that I really adore and have spent all of this time and energy working on. But also kind of, I love the fact that you're ashamed that you don't have more sexting ability. Yeah. And I'm really glad that it's not the other way. Like, I'm really glad that this is the way we're feeling it. It is always interesting to find out what people encounter. I mean, I think I've also been extremely blessed that very few people in my life have any shame about this, that they accept me as I am. So, you know, I get phone calls from my mom and she's like, okay, so I was out with my hiking group and I was telling them about your sexting and this is what, you know, and you should talk to my friend about your sexting app. And I'm like, okay, great. Thanks, mom. <laughs> that is amazing. What else do you think the world needs to become a sexier place? And how do you hope your work with Amaris helps? I think it's about acknowledging that we are all of us sexy beings. I think that there is just not enough space given and permission given for everyone to be that. And to be that as they are, I think the one place that we often allow sexuality in our culture is capitalism is you are allowed to use sexuality to tell someone that they are not the thing they are supposed to be and that they should buy something to get there. Yeah. And, you know, that they should be thinner or taller or younger or whatever that is. And one of the things I adore about sexuality is it's the great evener. You can sex with someone and have a delicious orgasmic or non-orgasmic pleasure-filled time as you are. It is not about being something else in some future time. It's about being you with your current desires and that that is exciting and delicious. So I guess that's what I would tell the world. Like, go be you and that is exciting and delicious and sexy as hell. Fuck yeah. So if someone, say me, for example, was in the process of becoming a dominatrix and was like trying to get together funds to make an Airstream trailer turn into a mobile play ship. So it's think art studio like my loft, but also with sex toys and was going to do a road trip to go around the country to create a mock you documentary sex ed musical to teach people about sex. So they would literally get songs stuck in their head. What advice would you give that person? Oh, OK. So there is the production fun advice and then there's the like producer who thinks about the details advice. The production fun advice, I would say, is, yeah, go lots of different places and involve lots of different people. Like, I think that there's so much great opportunity to, you know, let's record one song here and one song there and all these different musicians and all these different styles. And that sounds amazing. 
producer hat on, I would say just lock up your IP rights. Make sure your intellectual property rights are very carefully managed. And what do I mean by that? I mean, like, if you are creating new songs, make sure everybody has a contract and everybody has written agreements that say whatever music I'm writing, whatever piece of music is being recorded, whatever performance I'm doing to sing the song, all of this belongs to you or the mobile airship or the organization that's putting this together, you know, just make sure that you have a legal framework for all of that. So you don't get it recorded and have all of this amazing stuff and then not have the ability to show it to the world. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find Amorous? You can find us. It's A-M-O-R-U-S, slightly different than the English language spelling. And you can find us in the Apple Store. You can find us in Google Play. And you can find us online. Our website is amorous.net. And then we are at Amorous App on all the socials. So A-M-O-R-U-S. And please download, invite a partner, check it out. We would love to have new users. It's totally free. We would love to have people tell us what they like, what they don't. We're always loving feedback. And you can always use it as an opportunity to tell me how it went and share a sex story. 